The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Navigating the journey called life doesn't get any easier as we move through it, but we can learn from what we have within us to make it more enjoyable in the long run. Welcome to Mental Sherpa by Theta Spring. Your host is Alexandra Janelli. In our program, we set out to provide you with the undiscovered wisdom within you to handle even life's bumpy spots. Now, here is the host, founder and practitioner of Theta Spring, Alexandra Janelli. Welcome, everybody, to the Mental Sherpa Show. This is your host, Alexandra Janelli. Today is a very special episode for me because I'm actually getting to interview someone who does a lot of radio and a lot of interviewing himself, but today we're going to flip the mic onto him to actually get to interview uh, the one and only John Gambling. So the special part of this also is that this is my uncle and my family, and I get to be part of this amazing radio legacy. So, John, I wanted to welcome you to my show. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to do this with me. Well, Alexandra, I would I would take any part of any day to be with you on the radio. Uh, it's exciting for all of us that there is another uh, gambling uh, relation that is that's going to do this radio thing. Uh, we have been doing it for an awful long time, as you know. Yes, I was hoping that you could actually introduce to my listeners a bit about the gambling legacy. I know that it's it goes three generations back, but I was hoping, being the expert in the gambling legacy radio show, that you could tell my viewers a bit about it. Well, it's a it, it can be a long story. I'll try and uh, modify it as best I can. Uh, it, it starts in 1925 when. Uh, your great-grandfather, uh, my grandfather, John B. Gambling, started as an engineer uh, at Bamberger's Department Store in Newark, New Jersey. Um, and radio was brand spanking new. It was invented. Uh, commercial radio began in 1923. So, uh, as you can see, in 1925, uh, there weren't very many radio stations. In fact, there weren't very many radios to listen to those radio stations, and that's one of the uh, the reasons uh, why Bamberger's Department Store had a radio station uh, with the call letters WOR. And uh, I'll get into that uh, in a little bit more, but let me give you the, the timeline, your listeners, the timeline first. Uh, 1925, my grandfather, John B. Gambling, starts at WOR as an engineer in the morning for a radio program that was hosted by a man by the name of Bernard McFadden. And uh, then uh, I'll tell you how he gets gets to get on the radio, become the host in a second. But uh, he continued at WOR through 1959 when my father, uh, John A. Gambling, Alex, your grandfather, uh, took over the hosting of the, what the, the show was called at the time, Rambling with Gambling. 
which it had been from the 40s probably. And uh, my father worked with his father from 19, approximately 1952 to 1959 when he took over the program and my grandfather retired. I showed up on the scene in uh, 1978, I started working at WOR Radio in New York, uh, doing weekend programs and the like. And in 1985, I started working with my father, co-hosting Rambling with Gambling, and we did that together for five years till 1990, when he retired and I took over Rambling with Gambling. And uh, then, then I continued Rambling with Gambling until uh, 2000, uh, December of uh, nine, 1999, 2000, and uh, I moved over to WABC, and uh, now I am presently still broadcasting uh, at uh, WNYM AM 970, the answer between 11 and 1 each Monday through Friday. Now, in between all of that, Alex, <laughs> there's a whole passel of information and oh, stories. Sure. I, don't, I, I don't even know where you want me to go. But I'd be happy no, to go anywhere you want. Yeah, I would love to start with sort of, you know, the beginning of it. And at the time, you know, what was it like to sort of grow up before you were a radio host also? What was it like to grow up in a radio family? I know for me, having grown up with Gramps and spent summers with them and been really close, it never really occurred to me, you know, just how famous he sort of was in the radio world and why everyone was always like, oh, that's John Gambling. Um, I was curious your perspective on that, what it was like to grow up uh, in that type of atmosphere. Well, uh, Alex, it was very much like yours. It was no different than growing up, um, at least from my perspective, it was no different from growing up in any other family. Um, I, I, it, it, it was just the way things were. Uh, it was just the world that I was born into and grew up in, and um, I, I certainly knew that my father had a bit, was in a business that was different from everybody else's, virtually everybody else's. But other than that, and the fact that he got up in the middle of the night, he was never home for breakfast, but he was always he was always home, uh, usually for lunch and always for dinner. We always had dinner together, which I think was unusual compared to my friends, whose mm-hmm. fathers uh, usually uh, they didn't eat dinner together and and weren't home for lunch. Uh, so that was really the only difference. Uh, I never thought of, I never thought of uh, him, my father, or us, our family, the gambling family, as anything different from anybody else. Uh, it was just it was just a different sort of business. Now my friends um, and uh, their families and people uh, that I would run into. Uh, acquaintances, uh, people people looked upon it as. Uh, as a as a different and special kind of family because of uh, the fa- the fame and success of my father and my grandfather and to a certain degree myself certainly the same degree myself when I was doing it um, they they look they look upon it uh, and and still today when I meet people and they find out what I do it, it's a, it's a special kind of thing but uh, to, to your experience with your grandfather. It was pretty much the same as mine with my father, who was the same people, obviously. Could you describe the type of success? You know, nowadays you think of success as red carpets, movies, you know, 
these huge magazine covers and everything. How would you describe uh, the success of the either the earlier or the later generations of the gambling legacy? What was it like? Well, from what from what I can from what I can tell during my grandfather's run. Uh, he was one of the most successful, as was my father, one of the most successful radio people, uh, local radio people. You have to remember that this is, uh, this program, Rambling with Gambling, was, was pretty much, uh, New York metropolitan area centric. It was not a nationally syndicated show. So it was, it didn't compete with the Arthur Godfrey's of the time or some of the other national, the Bing Crosby's of the time that had national, uh, radio programs. It was New York, but it was the most successful, uh, local radio show in America. And, um, though there wasn't there wasn't a lot of television at the time, um, there was newspapers were the place where you would get uh, most of your publicity and and uh, the most eyeballs on you. And uh, so I can my my grandmother kept a scrapbook of uh, my grandfather John B. And uh, I I've looked through it and I still have it and it. It consists almost exclusively of newspaper articles, not only from the New York and New Jersey and Connecticut newspapers, but also uh, newspapers across the country. Oh, uh, that's where that was. And then during during your grandfather's time, uh, there was obviously television was involved, but again, it was it was newspapers were still the king, and so most of the publicity came from that and the occasional magazine, because uh, magazines were still very very popular at the time. Right. I mean, I even know having looked at, you know, John, your father, my grandfather, John A. Gambling, had written a book about the, what was it, the first 50 years in the radio business, that there's even a photo of my mother as a little girl when you guys, they were broadcasting at Madison Square Garden, which is such an antiquated thing. You don't even think of radio shows being done at Madison Square Garden now. Um, well, and, and that was an amazing event. I was I was there uh, obviously along with your your mother, uh, yeah. my my sister Anne. Uh, Sarah wasn't my my other sister uh, wasn't even born yet. Your other aunt, uh, and I can I can remember I must have been about five years old, uh, maybe maybe six years old. And I can remember the old, this was the old Madison Square Garden, not the new one that exists uh, over Penn Station. Uh, this was up on um, 8th Avenue. Uh, but it, it held approximately fifteen to 17,000 people, and the entire, the entire square garden was full of, of people and fans that wanted to come and, and celebrate uh, the anniversary of the radio show, the radio program. That, that's unheard of. That would never happen again today, ever. No, absolutely. So it's so interesting to hear all the history of this. And were there other special events that WOR did for this show? In terms of you well, we, the we, first... um, we hold the record as the longest continuous radio show in history in the world. Uh, with rambling with gambling, uh, boy, I can't remember off the top of my head how many broadcasts we figured that actually was. But it was, it was, I think it was over twenty-five thousand broadcasts. Um, and if you if you add into uh, that was the continuous program of rambling with gambling. If you add to that 
my my career in program programming at WABC and now at WNYM. Uh, we're in our uh, let's see, 81st year, 81 years of uh, broadcasting since 19. Do I have that math right? Since 1925 to 1916. Yeah, so I think we're 81 years. That's a lot. Hopefully I can continue on this legacy. I was thinking, I'm like, if it was rambling with gambling, what are we going to call it now? Like jabbering with Janelli or something. Not (laughs) sure, but we are certainly open to suggestions from the callers of uh, how to continue the name onward. Uh, Tell us a bit about you and your, your portion in this legacy. Did you always know that you were going to go into radio? Was it was there another option for you that you were investigating and trying on? No, uh, no, it, but, but not that I had, it, this, this it came from absolutely no plan whatsoever. Uh, and I say that because it's, it's outwardly true. Uh, I've been asked this question many, many times over the years, and uh, I'm, in, in thinking about it, uh, obviously, uh, it's interesting because my boys, uh, I've got three boys, as you know, your cousins, uh, Andrew and Bradley and William, and they experience the same thing that I'm going to describe now. And it relates back to your earlier question about uh, growing up in this family and how was it special. Well, no, it wasn't special to us, as I explained, but it was to other people. So every time that I would go uh, to the store or uh, go someplace, some public place, and people would uh, discover who I am. Uh, maybe I handed a credit card or signed a bill or whatever, whatever it might be. Uh, they would say, are you going to go into the radio business like your father and your grand- grandfather? This would be when I was yep. a kid. Um, and I would say, I would, I would go, oh, no, I would to myself go, oh, no, not that question again. And no. I, was, I was always polite, and I said, well, I don't know, who knows, you know, it's a long way away, haven't given it a whole lot of thought. Well, the, the long way away to making that decision finally showed up after high school and college, and when during high school, I would do summer internships at WOR engineering, producing things of that nature. So I was I was kind of hanging around at the edges. So you were already being groomed for that. Well, I don't know my- if I was being groomed for it. My father, my father, never ever said, you know what? It'd be great if you went into the radio business. Um, and in fact, even even when I I did kind of slide my way into into the business. Um, you know what? He he never he never criticized, analyzed. I mean, he never said very much uh, about how I was doing or or what I was doing. He really he really stood back and just let me kind of find my own place. But to to get down to the to the bottom line, after I graduated from Boston University, uh, I obviously needed a job. Yeah. <laughs> and I got myself a job in Boston in radio. But I, I, I started off as a pro, research and promotion director at a, at a station called WROR in Boston. Uh, it actually still exists, but it used to be an oldies station, uh, and it's been through rock and roll, and it's now a talk station, ironically. But uh, in the very beginning, I was a research and promotion director, and then I was promoted at that station, WROR, to program director, 
And then uh, I stayed there for a year or so and was transferred down to Fort Lauderdale to program a radio station in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. And uh, after a year or so there, um, I decided that, you know what, I was doing some on-air work, but not a lot. And I said to myself, you know, if I'm going to follow in the, in the footsteps of the, of the Rambling with Gambling program and history, I've, I, need to go, I need to go get myself uh, some schooling. So I went up to, uh, I, I found a little radio station that would let me go on the air, and, uh, you know, I started to, uh, to learn the trade. Uh, because I, I believe, Alex, and, and it's interesting that you're, you're just sort of starting in this, this is not something you're born with. I don't believe no. you're born with the talent to do to do what I do and what you now do. No, it's really interesting. And even having talked with Gramps and read his book, you know, it doesn't sound like the baton just gets easily passed down. You know, I think what Gramps' book even said, and we'll talk about it when we're back from the break, is that he actually went off on his own before he went under the umbrella of his father as well. And so... When we come back from the break, we will we can jump back back into this conversation of these sort of similar parallels, unless I have the story wrong. But we will hear when we get back from the break, and we'll be right back. Build your better business. Achieve that goal. Make good on that resolution. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. Visit the Theta Spring Hypnosis Store to find out more about our home hypnosis programs and detox systems. Our hypnosis programs bring the power of our therapy to the comfort of your own home or on your mobile device. Our detox system has been formulated as the first ever mind and body detox. The Burn and Build Body 14-Day Anti-Aging Detox Kit is a food-based detox that has an optional subconscious support program. Stay committed and create sustainable change while cleansing your body. Visit Thetaspring.com forward slash store. We have a special 15% discount for our listeners. Use promo code VA15 at checkout. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. You are listening to Metal Sherpa by Theta Spring. To reach Alexandra Janelli or her guest on today's program, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to aginelli at thetaspring.com. Now, back to The Metal Sherpa Show. Welcome back, everybody. This is Alexandra Ginelli, your host on The Mental Sherpa Show. Our guest today is John Gambling, and we're talking with John Gambling, one of the many John Gamblings, about his radio legacy and what it was like to grow up in the gambling uh, radio legacy family. So, John, welcome back. 
Before. Well, I'm glad to be here. I'm thrilled that uh, I'm too. being interviewed for a, in, I'm being interviewed for a change <laughs> yeah, rather no. than doing the interviewing. No, it must be sort of nice, or maybe not. I'm not sure what it's like uh, for you because you can tell us to be on the other side of getting interviewed about sort of who you are. I know you do a lot of interviewing. Whether you had interviewed Bloomberg every week, right? Um, yes, that was one of the highlights of uh, my career. Um, I sat with not only Michael Bloomberg uh, once a week uh, for his entire 12 years, but also Rudolph Giuliani uh, before Michael. Uh, every Friday, uh, they would uh, do, a, do an hour with me, and uh, it was quite extraordinary. Uh, Rudy, Rudy was great, uh, but Michael was, Michael was unbelievable. Uh, he actually would come into the studio each week uh, as, when he was mayor and, and sit with me. And it was really quite an experience over 12 years uh, to talk with Michael Bloomberg, uh, not only on the air but off the air as well. And uh, it was nice. We became pretty good friends, and we played golf together and uh, had a good time. So I'm a huge Michael Bloomberg fan. Very nice. Well, before the break, we were actually talking about the fact that in the gambling legacy, which there were three, your grandfather, your father, and yourself, that it wasn't just that the legacy got passed over to you when you were out of college and good and ready to come in, but that you actually had to go off on your own to do a little bit of the radio uh, experience to come back under the John Gambling legacy, the Rambling with Gambling show. And I had mentioned it sounded very similar to uh, your father, my grandfather's experience, where he wasn't just passed the baton either from his father, who started the show back in 1925. What's that like to sort of have to transition on your own to coming under? Was there ever an assumption that it was just going to be passed to you? Tell me a little bit about that. Well, there was never an assumption on my part. Um, I, I made the decision, as I said, when I left Florida and came up into the Mid-Hudson Valley at a little tiny radio station uh, up in Hyde Park, New York, of all places. Uh, but those are the kind of radio stations where you, where you cut your teeth. And I know that uh, my father, your grandfather, did, did similar things. When he graduated from Dartmouth, uh, he worked at the Dartmouth radio station, and I worked at the Boston University radio station. But he went out in the, um, in, uh, the, the Manchester, New Hampshire area and worked at a bunch of radio stations, uh, again, uh, to kind of learn how you do it. Um, there, were, there are no how-to books. On, on on radio, uh, you you really have to uh, listen carefully and and find your own place, and that is that is probably the most uh, interesting and difficult thing to do is is recognize where your own place is. Um, I'm sure. I think I think most people, and I would include myself. And I think I think I'm being fair when I speak for my father. Uh, that in the beginning, you you really try to kind of sound like everybody else mm-hmm. because that's what you hear on the radio. Uh, and I'm not just talking about talk radio because uh, I mean I've done music radio, I've done top forty radio, um, rambling with gambling. Um, it, when I took over and prior to that. 
was what you would, I guess you would describe as a sort of a typical morning radio show where you had news and weather and sports and traffic and uh, maybe an occasional piece of music or just some chit-chat uh, with, with the players around the table. Uh, it, was, it was not political. It was not what you would describe as talk radio today. Um, it was just wake-up radio. And uh, there, there was a style to it. Uh, and there were certain certain talents you needed to have to, to 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 be successful, and to have people actually set their radios, their clock radios, to start their day with you. And uh, so, uh, not to get distracted for the moment on your question. That's all right. But but you but you 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 really start out, I think, to sound like what you think other people want you to sound like and be like. And sometimes that's the correct way, and sometimes it isn't. And sometimes you need to make course corrections. And uh, I I had to do that when I moved from WOR to WABC, because at the time, WABC was a completely, totally conservative talk radio with Rush Limbaugh and Sean Hannity and and the rest of the crowd. And that really wasn't me when I left WOR. I was still doing sort of the, you know, average morning show rambling with gambling. But I realized very rapidly that if I were to if I were to succeed at WABC and the general manager at the time was very generous in taking a chance on me, uh, there were a lot of people who didn't want to take a chance on me in in conservative talk radio, energized, political, opinionated talk radio. Uh, I, I I realized very quickly that that's what I had to be, and um, I was able to do it. And not only was I able to do it, but I found out I actually enjoyed it a whole lot more than what I had been doing. Because I could now talk about things that I wanted to talk about, and I could give my opinion. And um, uh, fortunately, that's the kind of radio I still do, conservative talk radio. And uh, it's it's obviously been very, very successful. Uh, as, As you know, I went to WABC, then I went back to WOR for eight years. And then I retired from morning radio uh, in, um, let's see, where are we here, 2000, uh, 2012, I guess it was, uh, that I retired from morning radio because I was just tired of getting up at 2 o'clock in the morning, as I had done for almost 40 years. So, uh, as you know, I, I now live in Florida. I do a program from here to New York uh, to uh, 970, The Answer, and... Um, in fact, I'm in my I'm in my office where I where I do the program from, and I'm staring at a picture of your grandfather, uh, your great grandfather, and me and my father that are lined up along the wall. Uh, so the so the wall of the wall of fame or the wall of shame, depending on who <laughs> depends which perspective you come at it from. I'm right. sure you've really seen radio change a lot, and it sounds like in that time you've seen radio change a lot. You've changed a lot as well. And I'm curious, you know, you're finally doing a talk radio where you get to have an opinion. It feels a little bit more comfortable for you, or maybe I'm putting those words in your mouth. Do you feel that radio changed you or you changed during radio, or was it a combination of both? Um, I didn't change radio. No, radio, radio, 
changed uh, changed me. That when I say that changed me from a professional point of view, uh, yep. I don't think it changed me at all. In fact, um, I, I think one of the advantages and one of the keys to my success uh, is that. Uh, I am a pretty straight and narrow kind of, uh, uh, certainly a conservative, politically conservative, but I I also consider myself um, caring and understanding and willing to listen, and I I, I think that that has contributed to my success on the radio, uh, even though I take a pretty pretty straight and narrow political position uh, on most, most things, but uh, people tell me all the time that uh, a couple of the reasons why they enjoy listening to me uh, is that, uh, one, I'm willing to let those that I disagree with speak, and ha- I have a conversation with them about a particular topic. I don't yell and scream. I don't carry on. I don't, you know, b- bang on the microphone. or. You know, so you're not necessarily Fox News, per se, you're more of John Gambling. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly so. And the other reason they, they say they like listening to me uh, is because they learn something. That that the subject matter that I talk about, and it's not it's not all Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton at the moment, or Barack Obama. Even though all of all of that politic is is central to what what I do, obviously. But I mean, I'll go I'll go off and do social things. I'll go off and do. Um, uh, Specifics about New York City, lifestyle stories about New York, uh, things that uh, people, other people, either either won't do, can't do, or don't want to do. Right. What was it? Were you ever on the radio with your grandfather and father at the same time, or was it always just two people? Well, I was never. I was never on on with the, the, the the two of them. Uh, on a regular basis, but I was on the radio with the two of them. Uh, I can remember going in and, and being on the radio. Um, I mean, not not hired. I mean, just you know, sort of happened to be around. It was guest a guest shot. Um, and then on Christmases, one of the traditions that my grandfather started uh, was a Christmas show. Um, either either the, the Christmas Eve or. I think I can remember my father going in and doing a program on Christmas Day, and I can remember that your mother and I, as little <laughs> ones, had to wait to open presents ah, until he came home. You want to talk worst. about torture? Oh my goodness gracious! I mean, there was yelling and screaming and carrying on but <laughs> until he, he got the home. Cookies for Santa before he left is the question. Yeah, my God! Exactly. <laughs> Unbelievable. So the other so, question that comes to my mind in terms of this legacy, what is it like? It's not every day that people get to work with their father. And I'm curious for you, what was it like to work so intimately with your father? I mean, you guys were waking up at the crack of dawn together um, and spending really the morning together. What was that like for you? Yeah, I actually for a while picked him up because I was commuting from Long Island and he was living in the city at the time. And uh, I would swing by the apartment and pick him up in the morning. So we actually, you know, com- we actually commuted shortly together. Uh, it was fantastic. Uh, it was un- unequivocally fantastic. Um, I enjoyed it thoroughly. Um, I don't. I, I can't. I'm trying to remember whether or not my father ever said that he enjoyed working with his father. I don't think he disliked it, but I, I, I have the sense that he didn't like it as much as I liked working with him. 
Um, we got along famously. My father and I. Um, I'm not going to. I'm not going to say we were brothers, but he was only 20 years older than I am. So uh, it, it, as the older I got, the close, the closer in age, if you understand what I'm saying, is we we, yeah. we got we got more. I, as I got more adult, uh, we got closer and closer in in sort of perspective, ideas and uh, things that we have have in common, and we had we had a tremendous amount in common uh, for not only the job and the business, uh, but in uh, boating and skiing. And, 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 and I spent a tremendous amount of time not only on the air with him, but off the air as well. Um, sure. it, was, it, was a, it was a blessed time. Yeah. And are there any difficulties in terms of working with your father? I'm sure with so, all the good, there must be a little bit of not necessarily bad, but tricky times or things that made it a little more difficult. Nope. Never wow. experienced that. No. I, ne- I never had a difficult time with my father, ever, ever. Um, we, we got along famously. As I say, we, we, we saw the world in, in pretty much the same way. And, uh, you know, I was, I was raising three boys, and uh, he, was, he was at that point into his grandchildren, yourself, yeah. uh, and, and your brother and, and some of the others. And so... Uh, we, we, we had, we just had a wonderful time. I, yeah, I, pe- I, I know people look at me when, cause people ask me these questions, obviously, and, and they look at me and like in disbelief, they go, really? No, but it's true. I mean, I can remember having grown up with Gramps, uh, he really saw the world in rose colored glasses there. He, there was just this softness to him where you could talk to him about anything. So I, I absolutely believe you when you say that, because I actually can't remember, and being a teenager living with them during the summers, I am sure I pushed their buttons a number of times, uh, that I can't remember Gramps ever being upset with me, yelling at me, other than, Alex, I think we should have a talk. Uh, so I, I can only imagine that working with him was probably one of the best experiences. How lucky for you. Do you think that your siblings were ever jealous that they didn't have that opportunity to work with him the way you did? Well, I, 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 I don't know because uh, I know on the last, the last show I did at WOR in the morning, the last, uh, well, it was called the John Gambling Show at that point, Rambling with Gambling had been uh, had taken, a, taken a vacation um, just because it was uh, felt to be too old. But I know on that, that day, uh, Andrew and uh, Bradley and William all showed up and and um, they said on the air that you know there was they they had there was some disappointment that they hadn't gone into the business, but uh, they they had no major regrets. But um, because they were always asked the same question as I was, are you going to follow in your father's footsteps and your grandfather's footsteps and your great grandfather's footsteps? And that's that's always lingering, I'm sure. I'm sure. Well, it was funny when I got offered to do this radio show with Voice America, I thought, goodness, you know, how funny that the legacy is continuing in this sort of new and unconventional way, not only with the fact that I'm a hypnotherapist and ironically grew up with a lisp that now I'm doing what I do for a living is talking, but being on, you know, the internet radio, which is a little bit different. And when we come back for the break, from the break, I'd love to speak with you a bit about how you've seen actual radio change and how it's sort of gone from being such a 
platform to the shift in what you've seen. So when we come back from the break, that's what we'll begin to talk with John Gambling about. We'll be right back. Build your better business. Achieve that goal. Make good on that resolution. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. Visit the Theta Spring Hypnosis Store to find out more about our home hypnosis programs and detox systems. Our hypnosis programs bring the power of our therapy to the comfort of your own home or on your mobile device. Our detox system has been formulated as the first ever mind and body detox. The Burn and Build Body 14-Day Anti-Aging Detox Kit is a food-based detox that has an optional subconscious support program. Stay committed and create sustainable change while cleansing your body. Visit thetaspring.com forward slash store. We have a special 15% discount for our listeners. Use promo code VA15 at checkout. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. You are listening to Metal Sherpa by Theta Spring. To reach Alexandra Janelli or her guest on today's program, please call 1 888 346 9141. That's 1 888 346 9141. You may also send an email to a Janelli at thetaspring.com. Now, back to the Metal Sherpa Show. Welcome back, everybody. This is your host, Alexandra Janelli, on the Mental Sherpa Show. Today, we're talking with John Gambling about the Rambling with Gambling and John Gambling legacy. Now, John, before the break, we were talking about um, how radio has changed, or we were about to get into how radio has changed. Uh, You had mentioned that none of your sons got into radio, and you're mentioning over the break that radio has, in fact, changed. And it wasn't that you discouraged your sons nor encouraged them, but it just is different now. And I was curious if you could tell me a little bit about, you know, how you've seen radio changed from when you were a little kid uh, to now. Well, it's, it, it has gone from a, a major industry to, to one that is uh, struggling uh, financially and for lots of reasons. But the, 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 main, the main reason that it is struggling is that uh, advertisers, advertisers of the past, uh, and that's what keeps, uh, obviously, radio going. Radio is free. Uh, because advertisers pay to uh, have you listen to their to their message, but those advertisers have switched uh, over to uh, the internet uh, in 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 buying clicks and other internet uh, advertising, whether it be banners or uh, when you Google search a particular subject or product, 
they're, they buy, they buy the opportunity to be at the top of the list, uh, when it, when it comes up. Uh, and, uh, unfortunately, radio has, has taken the brunt of, of their leaving. Uh, they haven't really increased, the, the major advertisers really haven't increased their advertising budgets, uh, but what they've done is they've, uh, they've moved from radio to the internet, uh, because they believe they should. Many, but because it actually maybe has better results than radio does, uh, did. Um, but because of that, uh, the amount of, the amount of money to be made in radio has diminished significantly. Now, obviously, there are still thousands and thousands of radio stations. Uh, most of them are owned by three major companies. Uh, and uh, because of that and that consolidation, uh, again, uh, salaries and opportunities have really diminished significantly. And uh, it, 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 it's a struggle to find a job in radio any longer. Because they, it's most of it is automated or what they call tracking, where in, where across the country you might have had uh, individual disc jockeys on a music radio station. Uh, you now have a one disc jockey in New York or Los Angeles or somewhere that actually tracks as many as thirty radio stations. Right. Uh, they they just do the intros. It goes into a computer. The computer knows where the music is, and it all comes out. And it, it, it sort of sounds like it used to. Uh, it's a little it's a little more benign and uh, homogeneous and generic, but uh, it, it works. But every time you every time you take the personality out of radio, you have diminished its value. And uh, unfortunately, the consolidation in the business across the country has done that. It's taken the it's taken the individual personalities out of the business, except for the, in the big in the big cities. Yeah, it's such a it, perfect way to put it. Is the personality was sort of what radio was? It was all about the personality, and I would certainly say that both you, Gramps, and uh, Grandpa. Uh, be were certainly all personalities. I'm curious for you, as radio changed, it I'm sure it affected your career in a lot of ways. Was it ever an option for you to switch over to doing television? Uh, I was never. I was never offered television. I think my persona was pretty much uh, stuck in radio. Uh, and, and, and stuck sounds pejorative, and I, I, it, it shouldn't. But I, I was thought of as a radio person. Uh, I have done television. I still do television. I appear as guests on uh, Fox with uh, Lou Dobbs and uh, Bill O'Reilly and some others uh, occasionally when they ask me to join them to give my opinion. Um, but no, I, I, I never, I never seriously thought about it. The only, I, I was given a. Um, an audition to be the host of a new game show. I don't think ah. the game show. I don't think the game show ever ever made it to air, and I know I, I, I. Therefore, I never made it to air, and I don't know if I was any good at it. But I'll be honest with you. If you asked me, and seeing as you didn't, I'll tell you anyway. Uh, if, if I if I if I had the dream job of all time, it would be Pat Zajac on Wheel of Fortune because. He, it takes, they, they do an entire month's worth of programming, he and Vanna and the contestants, uh, in one week. They do a month and a week, and uh, it goes on forever and ever. 
the guy makes a fortune and he spends most of the time in Hawaii. So I mean, and it's, he looks it, it, like he hasn't aged even a day. Nor has Vanna. Apparently, they are stuck in this microcast of whatever you're, year you're that exactly was. Right. You're exactly right. There, there's some time time warp going on there. I can. I know. Maybe it's that good Hawaiian sun. I'm or the lights on the show. So maybe you might want to reconsider the game show. I would want to do the Price Is Right if it were my, me, predominantly because I want to push the button. Yeah, but it's, there's too much yelling and screaming that goes on there. It's, it's, Stevie Odler and spin that damn wheel. But that's neither exactly. here nor there. It is a little chaotic. I will admit that. I will admit that. Um, you know, I was sitting, I'm sitting here and in my office, I have Gramps' Africa hat uh, on the table with me that I, that's been in my office forever. And I was thinking about, you know, what was so impactful and really sh- surprised me as a family member was when Gramps, John A. Gambling, passed away. Um, all the people that actually turned out for his service. And it really was a testament, you know, I certainly knew him a bit better in my older years when he was off the radio and he was just Gramps to me. But it always shocked me the amount of uh, people that he touched uh, through radio. And I was wondering if you could speak a bit about what that experience was like from your perspective, being his son and a little closer uh, to that experience of him touching those lives. Well, uh, certainly, my father was a radio host uh, at the at the really the uh, the gold the golden years of radio, which would have been in the sixties uh, and uh, through the seventies, and uh, he he was the number one uh, rated morning show host in New York City, uh, far and away, uh, and was for year year after year after year. Uh, I was fortunate enough to to be number one a couple of times myself, uh, but uh, the, the interesting part is that, that the the medium of radio is one that is totally different than any other because it is one of uh, warmth. It's one of uh, an individual uh, listening to another individual. And uh, the reason, the re- I've come to the conclusion, one of the reasons is that people listen to you because they like you. They like, yeah. they like, the, way you, they like the way you sound. They like the way you speak. They like the way you think. Um, there, it, could be a, it could be any combination of all of those, but they like you. Because if they don't like you, I mean, think of your own life and the, your own radio listening habits. If you don't like a particular person on the radio, you turn you turn them off. I mean, mm-hmm. there's there's no if you there's I can't imagine why anybody would listen to anybody else if they didn't if they didn't have some connection to that person on some level. There are and, more. Yeah. Uh, the other thing to always remember is in radio that. That you might be talking to hundreds of thousands or millions of people at the same time, but you're really only talking to one person. There's only one set of ears that is listening to you, even if there are multiple people in a particular room that happen to be listening, which is not, which is very unusual. Usually radio, it's one-on-one. Somebody's in the car, somebody's in the kitchen, somebody's in the bathroom, whatever it might be. Uh, so you need to remember that it's really a one-on-one medium and that 
uh, you need to speak to one person, not many, but to, to one singular person. And I think that's why you saw uh, the outpouring of affection um, when Dad passed away, is because those people truly believed they knew him, that, they, that, that he was their friend, that I am their friend, that you are their friend, because they think of you as that. And yeah. if, if, if they listen to, to you for years, uh, they have, you know, they grow up with um, um, me bo- being born, and they, they, they were like part the of that on the radio. Show. Or when Alexandra was being born, he, you were part of their, their lives because you were talked about on the radio. So yeah. they, they're part of the family. It's like the Truman Show is the thing that, you know, you're watching this guy on television growing up the whole time and everything. Yeah, um, exactly. I'm curious if, you know, your grandfather, your father, and then you can speak for yourself as well, what do you think their favorite, if they had one favorite thing about radio that they could share with us today, what do you think that would be? Oh, wow. I don't know. I have to think about that. Um, you can start with yourself if you want to. I, you know, I, I can really only speak. I'm, I'm going to suggest that, that, that what my answer for myself is probably fairly close to, to what they would answer as well. And that is that it's a whole lot of fun. You don't break a sweat most of the time. And you get paid pretty well. And it's, it's just, it's a wonderful job. Um, it's a very difficult job. I mean, there are so few people that are successful as I was, as my father was, as my grandfather was. I mean, this is, this is, the, this is the, the, the top of the profession. And there are probably less than 100 people in the United States that come anywhere close. And uh, so there's, there's some great satisfaction in that. And to get back to what we were just talking about, about uh, the communication and the affection people, listeners have for you, um, there, there's, there's um, a great satisfaction in knowing that you have made somebody happier. Or, you know, you've made somebody, uh, you've kept them interested in, in what you were talking about. Uh, you've maybe said something funny or silly and they put a smile on their face. Um, there's, there's great satisfaction there. Yeah, I would say having just done this for such a short period at the moment, you're right. It is there is this wonderful ability to meet new people, hear interesting stories, and just have this curio- kind of a curiosity of getting to ask questions and build a relationship, which people can learn and open up that you know door for themselves to learn a lot. And I yeah, and I learned too. I learned, too. I mean, the interview yeah. that I do, I mean, I've interviewed presidents, as I mentioned, by Michael Bloomberg, Rudy Giuliani. I mean, the list goes on and on, experts in, in, in whatever particular field it, it might be. So, so I learned through it as well, and I enjoy that. I enjoy talking with the people, asking them questions, and um, a lot. Sometimes, sometimes I'm pretty impressed that they will actually come on the show and talk to me. <laughs> No, and I was talking with my mother, your sister, who was saying, she's like, you know, Alex, I learned that one of the biggest skills about building relations with people is just asking questions and getting to know them, understanding how they tick and how they think and building these, you know, bridges between 
who you are and who they are and how to connect. And I think radio has been a wonderful connector that maybe is a lost form of communication and art, but it has been such a pleasure um, to begin to, you know, ask you about this whole legacy. If you could leave my listeners with just a nugget of information or a takeaway from our conversation today, what what would that be? Well, I think I think if you, if you, if you listen back to the, the, these few minutes uh, that you and I have had a conversation, um, the the singular thread is is family. Uh, the, the the individuals, whether it was John B. Gambling or John A. Gambling or John R. Gambling, um, and, and and you, Alexandra, and uh, the rest of our family, um, it, it 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 is the story uh, of of three generations, of actually four generations now, um, being connected and connecting with other people. Um, of our time, of, of a very long span of time, uh, 80, 81 years is a very long time for for one group, a uh, small group of people, to be uh, integrated uh, through radio uh, into, into into the fabric of New York City, and um, I think I think it's exciting, and I think it's uh, valuable, and I think that um, we have been able to. Uh, collectively uh, move and pass on to uh, not only our own family's generations, but others as well, uh, some better things, some good things about life. Well, I look forward to seeing what uh, we cook up as a family to pass on. And I also just wanted to congratulate you on becoming a grandfather to another John Gambling, which is super exciting. That's right, exciting. John Michael Gambling, John yeah. Michael Gambling, b- uh, born John in April. M. And uh, he is actually uh, his his father Andrew and mother Megan. They call him Jack, which ironically, and I'm not sure they knew this ahead of time, but John B. Gambling off the air was called Jack. So uh, uh, the the circle keeps going round and round. Well, maybe we have another radio star in our family yet. Maybe uh, who knows. Who knows? John, it has been such a pleasure to have you on the show. I can't thank you enough for double dipping into the radio world today to join us. And thank you so much. Alexandra, it was my pleasure and continued the success with the radio program and your business. Thank you. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, to my listeners out there, thank you for joining us. And join us next week for yet another episode of The Mental Sherpa. Have a great day. Thank you again for tuning into Metal Sherpa by Theta Spring. Host Alexandra Janelli hopes you'll join her for another edition next Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until we meet again, have a nice week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericaempowerment.com. 
The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 